And this goes back to the list where it's like, all right, let's figure out the things that I'm going to have to commit to, to get to where I want to be. And knowing that it isn't a given that will get there. And it shouldn't be. There shouldn't be this thought of salvation. I've had this so many times in my life where it's like, oh, I just signed in Brazil. That's going to be salvation. Because one, it either doesn't work and we suffer. Two, it does work. But then you have to wake up the next day. And then you're like, what do I do now? I just peaked. And so I think the focus has to be not necessarily, I don't really like the word the grind, but just, just the process. The process, the gratitude of the process. I get to work on my dream. I get to put in the time to be the person I want to believe I can become without so much focus on the outcome. Because again, this is something going back to stoicism. We don't have complete control. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on someone who in my eyes is living their most authentic life. Our guest today was born and raised in Long Beach, California. After playing D1 volleyball at Cal State Long Beach, he's played professionally in Finland, France, Brazil, Germany, and Poland. He's a member of the U.S. men's national volleyball team and a World Cup champion today on the podcast. Fellow bearded brother, must I add, <laughs> Dustin Dusty Watton, baby. How we doing, not brother? As, not as thick and beautiful as yours, but I'm ah, doing but, my best. But I could see it from, I can even see it through this webcam. It still looks pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Anytime uh, I get anytime, anytime I get fellow bearded brothers on the podcast, immediate, <laughs> immediate plus two for the conversation. It's just immediately going to be that much, much better just because I know I got the bearded energy on the mic. Yeah, humbled and honored to, to be around your energy. Uh, oh yeah i'm gonna try to push it through as much as possible (laughs) as much as possible uh really excited to have this conversation with you dusty just uh you know when we met a couple months ago when you were here uh visiting robbie and obviously like we we got a a, you know a brief chance to interact but the one thing that i could see and feel in you is this like presence of energy and then learning more about your passion with volleyball and and how you've been able to take it to the pretty much the highest level i would argue it amazes me. And there's one thing that I love about doing these podcasts is just talking to anybody and everybody uh, that genuinely loves what they do. And I can see it in you and, and how you push this energy through your social medias. And uh, it really excites me to talk to people like you because you are a great example of somebody that's found a way to navigate doing the thing that is clear to be your purpose slash almost your passion at this point. Yeah. Almost kind of like my Dharma, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, uh, I think the big thing is just being grateful. You know, I've, I was joking with a friend the other day. He's like, he's like, explain to another friend, like what I do. And I'm like, oh, you know, the game, like when you play when you're young, like with the balloon, it's like, don't let the balloon touch the floor. I'm mm. Like, that's like pretty much what I do. <laughs> you don't <laughs> but, let the balloon touch the floor. But, uh, you know, that's just the beginning, you know, it's just like, I've never been the most technically gifted player or athletic we're quick, fast. And so the fun part for me is like everything I can do outside of practice to leave me a little more prepared, a little more confident to step mm. on the court and then just consistently kind of pick apart and just be curious of how I can be a little bit better each and every day. Yeah. Well, you, immediately you, you make a comment about it's your Dharma and you also made the comment about the gratitude. So when I hear both of those things, 
to me, that shouts that this is somebody that is very grounded and is very present and clearly has done a lot of <laughs> self-discovery work. Was there a special moment in your life, in your career that kind of, I would say, woke you up? That phrase can be used in, in yeah. kind of like the meditation spiritual space when there's like this awakening, when you start to just realize like, that's not just a tree that is this like, you're seeing things for what they really are. So was there like an awakening moment for you? Yeah, there's a couple times. Um, I think, you know, I wouldn't say the first moment uh, awakening, but just kind of lay the groundwork. But my second year as a pro in Finland, I realized just I wasn't good enough to continue. And so that was the first time I was like, all right, I think I need to start like reading because I just always kind of rejected school. I didn't really like it. I just rather like doodle all day. And that was the first time where I started reading and that kind of set into motion more events that went into it. But um, definitely uh, it was a season in France, I would say the most like kind of woke where um, it was just after winning the World Cup, just after kind of my debut with the national team, feeling good, feeling confident. But I had signed like two months ago to play on a team in France that really wasn't going to be that good. But I'm like, mm -hmm. hey, whatever, mindset, I got this, you know, get there. And it just was really, really, really bad. Um, the teammates, when I first got there, because I, I got there late coming from the World Cup, were arguing about like what shirts to wear for practice. And I was just like, okay, this isn't so bad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was a it was a great season as like, uh, I like to think of like happiness and joy. Like happiness is outside, joy comes from within. Mm. And everything that had previously given me happiness just kind of crashed down. It's like mm. overseas, no family, no friends on the team. Really didn't connect with anyone, just like one guy. Uh, we didn't really didn't have any goals, any purpose, any intention during practice. The guys didn't come prepared, which really contrasted with my style. Um, girlfriend of like six years and I broke up. Even like the city I lived in, like I didn't like it. It was like rainy all the time and cold. And it was just like, uh, poor me. You know, I was like, poor me. I don't deserve this. This isn't right. Mm. they're so lucky to have me, you know, just keep on playing these stories over and over in my head. And it got to one point where I was just like, I don't want to be here. I called my agent. I was like, get me out of here. I'll go to any team. I don't even care. Uh, and if not, I'll go home. And luckily for me, uh, he's like very calm. He's like, okay, just like sleep on it. We'll, we'll find a situation. Don't worry. And so uh, the next day I went to a cafe and my brother had given me a book that I had really paid attention to. That was uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Mm. And I read a couple pages that turned in a couple more pages. And by the end of the day, I was like, oh, like, I'm just creating a story. Like, I before reading, I was just like, there's this reality and it's not fair. It's abusive. I can't do anything about it. And then after it was like, oh. Like, this is just my perception of reality. Mm. I can, just as I change glasses, I can change my perception of the life I'm living in. Victim, warrior, mm. challenger, hero, whatever I want, you know? And I was living the life as a victim. You know, the things outside of me, yeah, they weren't right. Maybe they weren't fair. But uh, however those things may be, I have the power and the opportunity to respond in whatever way I choose. And so mm. that was kind of the first part where I was like, oh, like there's a lot of power really inside me ready to be awakened. But I've just kind of the, I had chosen the path of least resistance when things got to, when things got hard. Mm. 
How and, and what the interesting part of this is that you're coming off of such a high high, a World yeah. Cup champion, to then arguably what sounds like almost like one of the lowest moments of just like I'm not in the right place, I'm not on the right team, calling the agent, telling them to get me out of this. But just reading that alone, starting to change that lens of the perspective, allowed you to keep moving forward and actually stay with the team and, and work through it. Absolutely. So a couple of years ago, I. We're, we're in France right now. A couple of years before that, I developed this thing called a list from one of the books I read in Finland. And it was thought that like, uh, figure out like what's important for me, for my growth, for my happiness, uh, maybe even some hobbies or for my health. And it's like, find some micro tasks that I feel are important or things I want to create as routines mm. and put them down for each day. And it started with just four things. It was reading, stretching, working out every day and, uh, doing some pushups after playing uh, Dota. It was like a computer game. Yeah, and I was yeah. playing a lot of it. I was like, you know, I, maybe, you know, if I'm going to play it a lot, I'll do like some pushups or serves in between. So I was like four <laughs> things I wanted to get in my day. Uh, the most important were reading and stretching, uh, cause I was already working out all the time. And, uh, and it had grown to maybe like 18 at the time. Now it's like around 26. Eight, 18, you, 18 items. 18 like micro tasks. So, yeah. Wow. So I went from four to 18 because you started really getting dialed in on exactly all the exactly. other small tangible things you could do. Yeah. I mean, I was playing catch up as a pro. Um, I started really late, like 24. And I started one of the lowest leagues where the guys I'm playing now in my position, they started the highest league possible at like 18 or 19. Mm. So I was playing catch up. I had to work a lot harder off the court. I had to work hard on the court but everyone else was right. Hmm. So just finding different ways to, to build the best version of myself uh, throughout the day, not just in practice. And so during that time in France, I was like, sometimes I would do it, maybe be like 40%, 50%, maybe uh, Monday, Tuesday, I wouldn't get off to such a hot, hot start. And I loved it as a competitor. So I just like trash the week, you know, I wouldn't like, oh, I'm gonna be much better for these four days. Uh, I would just trash the week. And so that was the first like uh, kind of decision I made. I was just like, I'm going to do 100% of the list for these next three weeks. No excuses. Like it's in my control. Or as mm. the Stoics say, it's within my control, right? Uh, someone making a decision if I play or not, uh, my ability to have a perfect game playing volleyball, those things are not within my control. Even the thought of like uh, my girlfriend loving me, that's not completely in my control. Mm. There's other factors in it, right? But uh, setting out and committing these micro tasks was completely in my control. I had enough time to do it throughout the day. I just chose not to do it, chose to do other things, chose to sleep in, whatever it may be. And so uh, that was kind of the first task I set out to do. And I did it for three weeks. And every day was what I now refer to as like the best day ever. Hmm. It wasn't because uh, it was beautiful outside, a cute girl that called me back or I got you know, selected to the big team, it was because I was living up to the standard and to the person I said I wanted to be. And that mm. was waking up early, making my bed, meditating, having a strong plant-based breakfast, going to working out, coming home, making a juice, watching videos, scouting, getting to practice early, getting extra reps. And so I was living up to the person that I wanted to be with these daily choices. And that was like, the realization was like, it really doesn't matter what's going outside of me. Like it's all about what's 
within me mm. and getting very specific, the daily choices I make moment after moment. Yeah. If, if I don't know if you've read uh, Tim Grover. He wrote the book Relentless. He also just wrote a book called Winning. He was Michael Jordan's trainer, Kobe Bryant's trainer, okay. and, and phenomenal dude. But I just read his book Winning. It just came out, and that's one thing he talked about. He just would say, go internal. It doesn't matter the environment you're in. Or he would talk about moments when Jordan or Kobe were in these very high level situations where, you know, the clock's winding down, game shot, whatever it might be. You got to ignore all the out, outside, whatever is outside of you, the people that are booing you, you know, screaming your name and just go internal. And so I've even tried to take in that mindset into everything that I do and how can I internalize the things that I can control. And I very similarly live off of my own personal list. And that was the one thing I loved about that YouTube piece that you have on your channel, which I think is phenomenal. It came out like a year ago. It's that five minute piece where it's mm-hmm. called win the day. And I love that because you're in exactly what just discussing. You're being honest with yourself about what can you control? What can you control in a day? And, and how do those things get you 1% better for tomorrow? And then it's just like this, this brick by brick method that over a long period of time, you're going to have phenomenal growth and you you're, you're being your own accountability partner for not mailing it in and not, not going to the workout or not taking the time to make the healthy breakfast. You are, it's your accountability partner having that list. And, uh, you know, Rob and Dan sometimes give me shit because I wake up at the same time every day. I eat the same meals at the same time of day. I work out. Everything to me is, is habitual, but not only am I accountable for getting it done, but I know where I'm supposed to be and when during the day. So there's mm-hmm. never that like question of, do I want to work out or do I, do I want to record this podcast right now? No, it's already scheduled. It's already planned mm-hmm. ahead. So when I wake up, I know all the things that I need to get done within that given day. And it's, it, it helps you be productive too. Absolutely. And like, yeah, the biggest thing too is just like highlighting it, like crossing it off and then mm. like putting it on the wall. And so I can say like, it's on the wall, like I did it or it's like, it's on the wall and it's like 40%. And it's like, well, like I have nothing to complain about because I didn't put in the work two weeks yeah. ago. I put in the work three weeks ago, but you can have that, you know, self-compassion for yourself. It's like, all right, I didn't put in the work. Like I acknowledge it, but like surrender to any like, pity or like shame and like start again now yeah and we can always do that like no matter where we are uh it doesn't matter sports or anything at this moment we can start again yeah you made the comment uh not long ago about you were being 24 and you're, and you're playing like the catch-up right uh you know we've i i kind of mentioned in the intro but you have traveled all over playing in brazil as well germany poland uh you know to to get to this highest level of being on the U S men's national team. I know you've even said, you said before we hopped on that you were help, uh, you were helping train some of these, uh, Olympians that are going to go to Tokyo to play. What are the sacrifices that you've had to make to get to this level? Cause we, like you said, you're working twice as hard off the court because you have to catch up. But what, what are, what other sacrifices are you, have you had to make to get to this point in your career? I think just a lot of like, as Buddhists would say, like sensory pleasures, right? Mm. Like taste, sound, like flesh, whatever it may be, right? Like going out and partying. Like mm. when I was younger, I was like, I want to be the best of both worlds. I want to go party. I want to be the best volleyball player. I quickly re- realized like that wasn't possible. So, you know, a lot of social stuff, uh, you know, eating, eating clean, learning about nutrition, which necessarily isn't a sacrifice right 
like when you're eating clean, you can mm. eat really good. Yeah. But you have to sacrifice your time to learn about it and to cook, to learn about how to season food correctly, etc. cetera. Uh, but the big sacrifice comes to our professional jobs because we leave for eight months at a time. And uh, I love it personally. Like I freaking love it because it's almost like my hibernation period where, like you say, you go internal where mm. it's like I escape, but in a good way. And mm. so uh a lot of people have a really hard time fit right because we leave our friends we leave our family uh, but the big thing is just relationships now i'm in a relationship with a wonderful girl who's in america and it's just like hard to like leave knowing that like she can't come with me how long can we be together and it's just like i don't want to stretch uh our love and the trust we have for each other as uh, i'm pursuing something that i don't necessarily have to and so now it's finally have had that that opportunity where it's like, well, like what matters more? And so I'm still trying to like balance both, but it like volleyball is like slowly starting to give just uh, because I want to commit, be present and be physically present in the relationship because it matters so much to me. Yeah. The, the, the idea of like the whole travel, for, go, go abroad, you know, for eight months, it, it almost kind of makes me feel like the pandemic that we've had where that's, it's probably what it is for you, where it's like, you wake up, you do your work, you go home, chill, do the same thing. And it's just like repetitive, which is honestly the best case scenario for staying focused. Cause you're not getting yeah. pulled in external directions yeah. to go to the club, to go here, to go do this. It's, there's no other option, but to do the actual work. But, uh, I would imagine the relationship is when it kind of yeah, at some point I would, you know, you've been doing this for traveling abroad, what, for 10 years at this point? So you've, you've been doing this for almost a decade of yeah, sacrificing. This will be, be going number 12. Number 12. Yeah. That's props to you, man. <laughs> That's props to you. Yeah, like you said, uh, I mean, overseas, like, it's, it's great if you want to, like, get stuff done, build business, uh, move websites, for example, <laughs> which I did last year. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the pandemic – it, it really didn't bother me at all overseas. But when I came back to California, then it was like hard because it's usually it's like, okay, I have these eight months where I don't see people, but it's like fine. But mm. when I come back to California, I see friends and family. And then it was like, nobody wants to hang out. And that got hard. But uh, yeah, I've just kind of been uh, molded into that lifestyle, which I actually like, like because I'm eating really clean. Uh, I have a morning routine. I have an evening routine that I can stick with. And then I have usually a gap uh, in the middle of my day, if not the whole morning uh, until 4 p.m. where it's just open. Wow. And I can just commit to the work that I need to get done. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I started kind of my, my own business. But before that, it's just a, a lot of meditation, a lot of reading, uh, a lot of writing. And so I just enjoy that, like, uh, as the season goes, this kind of like ref reflecting, resting, uh, imagining season. Mm, you're definitely winning the day. If you have it that dialed in where the morning and evenings are, are laid out. And then that way, you know, at the end of the day, you probably go to sleep with a smile on your face, knowing you gave the day your best, get that good rest, get up, do it all over again. Absolutely. And it's like, it's a grind assuming you have that perception, but it's just like, I just try and go day by day. And it's yeah. just like, you wake up with gratitude rather than scarcity, rather than like, Oh, another day in Poland, or like, oh, freaking, I'm still in Finland. Because if you yeah. do that, you're going to manifest it, right? But it's like the first thing, it's like meditation and then like gratitude. And then just with that, you really can't fail. 
you know, maybe yeah. there's going to be times where it's like, there's other people that you really care about and they're not doing so well. And, uh, you have to hold it for both of them. But like by myself, it's, it's easy. It's easy yeah. because it's like, again, I'm playing, like, don't let the balloon hit, drop the floor and getting paid. <laughs> and then I have, you know, anywhere from four to eight hours a day to put my time in any place I want to. And when I was younger, it was like, all right, I'm going to play Dota and just be really good at Dota. And now it's like, okay, like, you know, that it really like, I would like lay in bed. I'm sure a lot of people have this feeling too. I would lay in bed at night and be like, wow, what am I doing for my day? Mm. Like, I didn't do anything. I played Dota. And I wake up the next morning, I'm like, oh, I want to play Dota. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of different ways people do it. You know, most people, it's like Call of Duty and Netflix. And it's like, bless their heart. You know, that's what is fulfilling for them or fun for them. Do it. But uh, I just love having that free time to explore myself find out what I'm passionate in and then, you know, just a lot of learning uh, about myself, being alone, not having anyone to help me and then sharing those lessons with the next generation. Because what I've learned, like being really open on Instagram is just everyone feels that they're the only person suffering. They feel yeah. everyone else has it like locked in, but they're the only person that's like suffering or anxious or insecure or miserable. Yeah. We all go through those emotions and not every single person is going to show that on their Instagram. They're going to just show the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. But in reality, every level of human being goes through it. Even LeBron James, he's outside looking in, he's got it all. He's got you know, a lot of money and he drives nice cars and he probably has six private jets. But human beings are going to go through their emotions and it's all relative to where you are in your life. Mm -hmm. So I think, it's, I think it's important to be willing to share – whatever you're going through. And I see you do it. You do it through your Instagram, through your social media. And I think, yeah. you know, people resonate with that. And, um, I, I weirdly went through that, that process too, during the pandemic where I was like, okay, I can't go hang out with people. So what does my free time look like? You know, I bought an Xbox one. I started playing video games again. That lasted like two months. And I was like, this isn't mm -hmm. fulfilling. Then I got, yeah. had my parents yeah. send me my golf club, started golfing a little bit. Two months later, not fulfilling. And it took me some time to, I took a nine month break from podcasting. And that was the light bulb moment of like, I have more downtime. Maybe I should just get back into podcasting. And as soon as I got going, it was like, I felt purpose again. I felt passion, but it also made me realize is that we all just have to be self-aware of what is the thing that internally makes us click. And not everybody wants to do what we do, which is documenting our lives and sharing it with the world and being willing to be vulnerable and uh, be authentic. But uh, when you can find that thing that really does motivate you and makes you feel good about sharing and you would do regardless, even if you didn't make a dollar doing it for the rest of your life, that's when you got to go, I'm going to lean into this. I'm just going to keep pounding the pavement and doing it. Yeah. I think that's, that's tough. That's the trick these days because when people in quotation marks suffer, mm. like people, it's so easy to find escapism, whether it's, it's alcohol sports dancing with the stars mm. going out and party or like promiscuous sex mm -hmm. there's always something where in western society there's always an opportunity to escape our feelings when these feelings are like you know it's like hey we're not in our dharma right now like like let's find something else mm. but it's just like i want this like quick hit of like sense pleasure yeah it's like mm, this like I noticed it today too. Today was like a weird day for me. And 
I went to go grab some food and there was like a vegan junk food place. And I was like, I'll get some junk food. And I was like, wait, why? I was like, oh, I'm like not having the best day. And so it's like, oh, okay. I made that connection. Like I'm trying to like soothe the pain through like fatty, salty food. And mm-hmm. it's like not the worst thing in the world, but when you're making those unconscious decisions, I don't think it's good. And I think a lot of people are just in so much pain and they're, the combination of being so unconscious that they escape and they aren't able to find what they're here to do or what they love yeah. or how they can be of value to the world. And they're just stuck yeah. suffering, escapism, suffering, escapism. Yeah. I feel very fortunate because that was kind of one of the big inspirations for me getting into the podcast space was that I never want to get into a place in my life where I work Monday through Friday, Friday comes and I'm trying to escape my reality. So I'm partying for two days straight yep. and then I wake up and it's like a, it's like a hamster wheel. I feel yep. very fortunate because when I'm going out and I'm having fun, I'm not trying to escape my reality. I'm in the best physical, spiritual, mental headspace I've ever been. And so it kind of, I'm not justifying uh, partying, but it just kind of gets added into the mix and you know, life goes on and I'm, I'm having the time of life. But I'm also very aware to go, there are people that do this to escape their own living, their own reality, their own consciousness, which is then the bigger problem of slow things down, get stillness and ask yourself, what do you really want to do? What's the thing that's actually going to make you happy? What's going to give you that fire under your ass every single day that you wake up and you don't feel like it's a work day. You feel like it's just another opportunity in front of you to get a little bit better uh, and a little bit more further in the career or, or whatever you're working towards. But I know, and tell me if I'm wrong, but when did you, you've completely stopped alcohol out of your life or am I incorrect? I'll have like wine every once in a while. And okay. like, maybe I'll have like a hard kombucha. Hard kombucha is funny. I like don't consider it alcohol, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So it was, you know, it's funny you were talking about, um, the nine to five, because that was like another time where it's like, I kind of, I kind of like started waking up reading uh, Eckhart Tolle and it wasn't like some huge epiphany, but just got me thinking a little bit. And he was talking about like people living for Friday, Saturday and living for this salvation, but it's like this illusion. And then Mm. once that salvation's over, the suffering begins again, like Monday begins again. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't do that. That's not true. And then I was like, I was thinking about, it, I was like, oh, I can't wait till Friday to go party. And I was like, oh no. Like, <laughs> and so I think he, he had like, uh, he had like the opening question to the reader where it's like, what if like every day could be salvation? Like, can you make every day something like that rather than having like suffer, 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 peak, suffer, suffer, suffer. Mm. And just like make every day, like more so of like just a little bit higher. And so, mm. Uh, that was like kind of one of the ways, um, where I started like reimagining like life was like, yeah, like just eating clean, meditating more often reading. And like, like you said, like if I go out and party, it's like a cherry on top of the cake rather than like, I need a whole cake to fulfill, to fulfill the the lack inside of me. Mm. But I would be, and here's the thing though, I would be lying if if I didn't admit that there are repercussions when you do party, you don't feel your prime. You don't feel mentally, physically at your 100% the day after takes a day, maybe two days to fully come back. 
And so you do sacrifice productivity, you sacrifice uh, your health and wellness. You know, it, it's definitely a, uh, it is not a long-term sustainable thing that you can do. And I'm very aware of that. Um, and you have to know the repercussions of what happens when you push your body. I mean, our bodies are literally, literally vehicles. So it's like this liquid alcohol is a poison that is just tearing <laughs> you down that has yeah. this fun upside to it. But in reality, uh, it, it does bite you in the ass, uh, if you overconsume it. Yeah. But going back to your question, after I read that, I just slowly started drinking just a little less. Mm. And then, uh, I'd always wanted to kind of like slow down drinking. Cause I think I drank a lot for just acceptance. Like I just always wanted to be accepted. Cause society, uh, that's how it is. Oh, do you want a beer? It's like, that's just like so normalized, you know? Yeah. And so in 2015, uh, I kind of wanted to not drinking, but I go out and everyone's like, come on, drink, drink. And I was just like the insecure part of me is like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll drink. And then 2016, it was the same thing. Cause at the time I had a, a girlfriend that who lived in Europe and I was like, I don't have to drink, you know? And if I do drink, I'm more likely to do something I would regret. And I don't want to hurt this person I like love. Mm. So 2016, I was like, oh, I'm not going to drink. And people were like, come on, come on. And I was like, uh, well, the Olympics are coming up and I'm like, and I, I want to make sure I'm going all in. And people are like, oh, smart, smart, smart. And so it's so funny how like just in a year where my friends and like people I maybe I didn't know would peer pressure me, but then a year flipped and everyone's like, oh, such a great decision. Mm, now that want, now that you had a bigger purpose, they wanted to support you and they wanted you to stay, to see you stay committed to that. Well, I think also too, it's like their insecurity too. It's like, I'm drinking like, you should be drinking, drink, mm. you know, like, what are you doing? Drink, make me feel comfortable. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, that year, you know, um, I didn't drink at all in the summer, but I still went out to like Newport to peninsula. And I just really, it was like, it was just like eye opening seeing like what my friends and other people like evolved into. And I was like, Oh wow. And like, for sure. I mean, it's, that's, that's me too. But I was just like, Oh, Cause you know, we're fed like these beer commercials where it's like, like, Hey, so cool. Like party, like, mm -hmm. Oh, this is the greatest time ever or movies. And then you see the reality of it. And maybe it's like for an hour, it's like that. Right. Maybe yeah. for 30 minutes, maybe for 10 minutes, it's like that. But the rest of the night, it's like people falling over each other, like yelling, like it's just bad, you know? And I was just like, you know, like I just, things started to click. I just, I just don't want to live like that. Like I've lived that life before. Like, I like waking up not being hungover. I like waking up like being able to be intentional with that Sunday rather than just to be hungover all day. Mm -hmm. Or when I was younger, it would take like Sunday, Monday, and maybe even Tuesday to feel like normal again because I would go so hard. And I was like, I think it's just so important for everyone. It's like, what's like really important to me? Like, what are my values? What are my principles? Like, what are my priorities? And for the longest time, you know, my priorities is just not necessarily being the best volleyball player, but being the best version I can be. Mm. So being healthy, being conscious of what I'm putting in my body, food, liquid, sleep, meditation. A lot of times, especially as an athlete, people are going to do things or say things that you don't want to hear. But can we respond to it rather than just react? Can we be calm and still rather than fiery or resentful? And so just trying to figure out how I can be a 
better version than I was the day before. And alcohol really has no place in that. Yeah. Yeah. When you, you're, you're removing the things in your life that, uh, that are truthfully just not going to help you advance in your career or in the way you, you think and see the world, your productivity. Why? I mean, yeah, it's just, it's getting very clear on your why. And honestly, it's, it's a small decisions like that is what's going to separate somebody from reaching the highest level, whether it's in volleyball or whether it's in any other career, any line of work, what are you willing to sacrifice in the short term for long-term results? Because just, Oh, well it gives me one extra day Sunday because I'm not hung over then stacks up to four days of the month times that over a year times that over a decade. I mean, we're talking, a massive amount of extra days that you are essentially getting to lean into and, and use to your advantage. Yeah. And it's, I, I love saying this word cause it's just funny, but it goes back to like the sense pleasures. It's like, mm. Oh, greasy burgers. It's like, all right, you know, you know, I'm not going to deprive myself. I'll do it like on Sundays, mm. but all throughout the week I'll eat clean. Mm. And it's like, Hmm, what else? Like, Ooh, party. Like, Oh my God, so much fun. Like that energy. And it's like, yeah, you know, time and place I'll do it but not every day. And so throughout the years, I've just slowly cut things. Like first it was like video games and computer games. Like I'm a competitor. Like it doesn't stop when I leave the court. I love playing like back in the day, Halo, League of Legends, Dota. It's so Mm. much fun. The dopamine, right? Yeah. But is it helping me say, help me get to be the person I say I want to be? No. Fantasy football. I love fantasy football. I love playing with my friends. I love listening to fantasy football podcasts. I love being like the smart guy who got like the great like tight end pickup of the week. You know, I love being <laughs> that smart guy. It feeds my ego. But it's like, man, I spent so much time on that. Yeah. And again, if if I want to be the best fantasy football player in the world, then yeah, I'm going to commit time to it and resources, but that's not a priority for me. Mm. It just feels good. It feels good to beat my friends. Mm. And then uh with alcohol too, you know, like to celebrate like a special occasion with my girlfriend. Yeah. Let's get like a nice bottle of wine, mm. but just like come home unconsciously and like have a beer or even like a hard kombucha. You know, I don't need to be unconscious. I want to make conscious decisions mm. because I believe and I see the greatness within myself, but it takes me to make those decisions to really access and unlock that greatness. And it's, I believe it's like you said, small decisions, especially decisions of removing people, things, or habits from our life. Mm, that's key. Removing people. If uh, if you're not around like-minded people that kind of uh, help you get to that higher level, it's going to hold you back from actually making that progress. That's mm-hmm. one thing I even realized ever since I moved to Venice. People don't. There was a um, an extent. I did 75 days of no booze last October. Um, and the community of people that I was surrounded by with would somebody would offer me a beer. And I, at the time I said, yeah, I'm not drinking right now. And there was not a question of why it was more mm. of a respect. Like, Oh, Hey, totally understand. Cool. And they would kind of move on. And that was, that was one of the most beautiful things that I had found on the West side. And I don't know if that's, if that's just a Venice, Santa Monica thing or whatever, but, or it's just like the, the luckiness of the community I started to meet and be around, but nobody was ever questioning. And that's when I was like, this is a good sign that I'm around people that, are not con- they're not concerned about what other people are deciding to do within their own lives. They're just focusing on them and they're not judging me because I don't want to drink or I don't want anything that they're consuming. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I, I recognized like, 
those are the types of people you want to be around where they're not questioning your decision making. If anything, they're applauding and respecting you for doing something that is clearly benefiting yourself. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have friends too, or saying quotation marks friends where it's like, you know, I have success from doing something well and they're like joking, like make fun of it. And it's just mm. like, to a certain point, it's like, it's like, man, like energy is real, right? Yes. Like energy is real. Uh, and so it's just like, I just, I just don't think I'm doing myself a service to keep those people in my life. Like I'll still love them, support them, but to, to spend my time and energy with them because it's, it's like a, it's like a wave, right? Waves crashing up, two waves going up, go up double waves mm -hmm. going up, wave goes down, just neutralizes. Right. Mm. And so it's difficult, but removing those people in your life that don't respect and honor your work, not necessarily your success or the outcomes, but like what you're pushing towards and the effort that you're making. If they don't like respect and honor it, I think it's like you slowly need to remove those people from your life. Doesn't yeah. mean you don't love them or support them, but I think our energy is really special and we should be around like-minded people that we can support and they can support us back. Yeah, you got to build boundaries around that energy wall because you only get so much of it in a day and it is very easy to get it ripped out or pulled out from underneath you if you're not aware of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And, you know, I hope that I inspire the people that I'm around and vice versa, the people that are I'm around, they're doing things at very high levels, similar to what I was saying about doing these podcasts. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're a professional volleyball player, you're an entrepreneur. I just want to talk to people that are doing it at a high level. And that inspires me, even if I don't have the same goals or the same interests of what they're doing. It's just good to be around people like that, that clearly are, you know, walking to the beat of their own drum and really trying to unlock their own inner potential, essentially. Heck yeah. Like we were speaking about, like on the West side, whenever I come up there, it's like a uh, guy I was like fit out. The other guy I met, uh, he's like breath work coach, like personal mm -hmm. coach, like yep. crushing it. Before that, I met two like Apple plus trainers. My other buddy up there does a holistic podcast. It's just everyone I meet just has this like energy of just yeah. like, everything's possible. I'm going to crush it. I'm living my dream. <laughs> yeah. And you be around those people and you're like, yeah, everything's possible. <laughs> I'm going to live my dream. And you're like, yeah, you know, and it's like, it's so clear when I'm in Venice, like uh, how powerful energy is. Yeah. I know. I know. And that's why, I, that's why I love it. We got to, we got to get you living up here at some point. Um, I had seen, no, I had heard it in, in one of your YouTube pieces. Uh, your four foundations are intention, purpose, love, and service. Which one has been a bigger priority for you as of recent? Uh, I'd say purpose. Cause now I'm like slowly, I still love volleyball, but the mm -hmm. big thing from, all my other friends that used to play volleyball, it's like, man, you just have to have a plan. Like, cause you drop out of volleyball and it's like, what do I do? Mm. I guess I coach. And you know, people have this like, it's kind of like loss of who they are of purpose. Identity, so, right? Just gets pulled yeah, out from underneath you. Exactly. Identity. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. It's almost like ego identity. It's like, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. And then it's like one day it's like, I'm not an athlete. I am. <laughs> and so that's been my goal. It's just like finding my purpose, but usually using these other things of love and service to 
kind of forge that path ahead. And so uh, working on creating my own business, uh, giving resources to young athletes in the form of free courses, meditation courses, and then uh, volleyball courses. I made a couple myself and now working with other professional athletes um, just because I know there's so many people passionate about the sport and they're growing up in communities and cities, even states that maybe they don't have volleyball. Maybe they don't have a good coach. Maybe they have a terrible coach, but I want to connect uh, their passion with my knowledge for the game and these yeah. other athletes as well. And I just don't want to let athletes or people have excuses. You know, I, I think especially now today, whatever you want to do in life, you go on YouTube to put it in and you can figure it out. I think in volleyball, it's like the one thing where there really isn't a lot of great resources. And so that's my big thing. It's just at the end of the day, it's like attitude, stoicism, what's completely within our control, mm. choices and actions you can make. And so uh, figuring out how I can be of service to the volleyball community, building some amazing products, um, and then at the same time, making them all th free. Because I've lived in Brazil, I've lived in Poland, not everyone has you know, money to buy a volleyball course. And so also making these uh, things uh, incredibly accessible to everyone. Mm, that's smart. Lean into your experience and everything that you've learned. Survey the land and recognize that there's this massive gap where nobody's providing the content or the resources for people to learn online. And then you step up and you can do that. You can become that next, you can become literally the leader of like influencing of the volleyball space. You know, like I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a lot of the, um, the, the one thing I love about Instagram is that you're able to get a very good preview of what somebody does just from like scrolling 10, 15, 20 posts because there's so yeah. many snippets and there's so many photos and you can get a real taste of it. And that's one thing that it's very clear to me is like, I've never really came across somebody that has really leaned into like building out, like, you know, I've seen some of these, like these videos that you're putting out, it's very high level, like showing the way to hit the ball or like serving it, or <laughs> you're like showing recaps of, of, you know, maybe a play that went wrong, you know, which is a great example of, you're not just providing a highlight reel. You're also showing people like, Hey, this was a mistake and this is how it should have been corrected. So I think it's really interesting that you're kind of walking that path. And I think there's literally nothing but opportunity within that. You know, we've talked about meditation uh, pretty much a lot during this podcast here and there. How, how can people incorporate, I would say meditation into their lives. I think most people have heard about it and maybe have been scared to try it, but is there any advice you give to people uh, when they are trying to get become more mindful or just to become more present in their in their actual day? Yeah, I think uh, it's so basic, but I think just download the Headspace app. I think it's uh, I think a lot of reason why people don't get into it is just the ambiguity. What do I mm. do? Where do I sit? Does it have to be the same time every day? Uh, what am I supposed to listen to? I have so many thoughts. I can't get them to stop, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and so I think Headspace did a really great job for me, kind of laying the groundwork of like, you know, the voice comes on and you're like, oh, I was thinking, you know? Mm. And so just like slowly build that conscious like uh, response to like thinking. And like, oh, I'm thinking. It's not necessarily, it's like, oh, I'm thinking. Like, why am I so stupid? It's just like, oh, I was thinking. Like, that's me being conscious and mindful. So I think Headbase, Headspace is a great start. I also have like a free um, seven-day meditation course I offer. There's like no catch. I'm not trying to sell 
any product, but uh, you can find that on my page. Uh, but for me, it's just the ability to return to the breath. Mm. And that's just my focus. Uh, I did Headspace for like four, maybe five years. And then uh, my friend recommended a Vipassana meditation. And what that is, is a 10 day silent meditation, just like out in nature. Ooh, baby. So that's, uh, I think you can do only four things. You can walk, you can meditate, you can eat and you can sleep. Can't do anything else. Uh, when you check in, you give your phone, your computer, um, you're not supposed to journal, not supposed to do yoga, not supposed to look people in the eyes and yeah, you just, just freaking go within for Dude, about what, ten, 10 hours a day for 10 days straight. Yeah. What's the bit, what's the takeaway from that? Cause I, I, you know, I've done, I do 10 minute meditation every day. I've done an hour meditation by myself and that was like really interesting, but to do 10 hours and to incorporate, you know, to not incorporate your phone or your, your books or anything like what's the takeaway of doing 10 days of stillness? The takeaway is if it intrigues you, you should probably do it. Hmm. But to go a little deeper, uh, a lot of, there's a couple themes, uh, impermanence and equanimity being, uh, the two strongest in that mm, there's just a lot of pain from sitting that much sitting for an hour at a time attempting to sit for an hour and a half at a time. And, uh, and the pain is good. It teaches you, mm. teaches you the power of equanimity, teaches you the power of impermanence, the realization of impermanence. Not everything will last. When tough things happen, not everything will last. It will pass. When good things happen, not everything will last. And so let us take gratitude in this great moment. Mm. And uh, yeah, for anyone out there that's been meditating for a while, and it just sounds like a little, a little interesting, you go do it. Because it is tough. It's like, it's 12 days total, right? You have to get off 12 days of work. It's pretty intense. But you see at the end of those 12 days, everyone's so stoked. Because it's like, for me, it was like, it was so funny as an athlete. I was like, classic jock. Like, because you can first, when you first get there, you can talk to people. And I'm like, everyone's like, I don't know what to expect. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be easy. Just mindset. Like, we got this. <laughs> it's like going into a big game. You're getting all fired up. And then like day three or four, I'm just like, fuck this shit. Like, what did I sign myself <laughs> up for? And it was just like every session that you went into the hall to meditate felt like a day. And like, I would like go back and it was like, it'd say like on the, like on the wall, like day four, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, it's day four. I'm like, Oh, I have six more days. And then I had that same feeling again. And I look at the door and I'm like, it's day four again. Oh my gosh. And with it, it, you know, you start out like at a nine and like each day it's like eight, seven, six, six, five, four. And at the end, it's like a two or a one. And then once you can start speaking again, it's not over, but like half the day you continue the practice, but you can start speaking again. And once you can start speaking, making that human interaction, it's just like, it's like a spinal tap joke, like 11 out of 10. Like, it's just like, 
amazing. Like, this is what I learned. That's what you learned. Oh, I did this and have that human interaction again. It's just beautiful. Um, It's really special. Uh, My girlfriend was talking to me about it the other day. She's like, yeah, I want to do a Vipassana. I was like, all right, but like, wait, because I want to do one too. (laughs) (laughs) And then service is another big theme. You, you learn a lot about service. And so um, uh, it's amazing just like getting goosebumps thinking about it. But, you know, if at all of it tickles your curiosity, you got to do it. Yeah. It's it's something that it's like once you do it, it's like you just you just like level up. You know, if like we're in a video game or level 12, you go <laughs> that you're like level 13 and you don't <laughs> go back down to 12. Yeah. It, I think there's one thing I've learned in uh, in the last couple of years of my life is leaning into the discomfort and the things that make me uncomfortable for the right reasons of like, that sounds scary, but also I'm curious leaning into it and doing things like that have only allowed me to grow into the person I am today. So I think that's just a, yeah, that there's no question of if I'm going to do it, it's just a matter of when, mm-hmm. uh, but I would very much be curious to test it and try and just see the growth that comes from something like that. And it's so interesting because I didn't really understand the, the concept and idea of like, how is it that stillness can actually lead to growth? Like you're not moving forward. So how are you actually making progress? But some of the biggest realizations and gold moments and nuggets of my life have been from stillness, which have then allowed me to weirdly grow at the same time, which I think is such a interesting concept that it takes people to actually understand. You have to go through it to understand what that, how that actually works. Yeah. Well, I think the thought is like everything outside of you is moving and fast and maybe sometimes it's smelly and shitty Mm. and stinky but you can be still you can wait you can be patient you can respond when you're ready rather than like banging the desk or yelling or shouting at someone that said something on twitter yeah people get so hyped on twitter i'm just like dude calm down just put the phone down go for a walk it doesn't so matter. It's that stillness, right? And when you go on a walk, it's that stillness, right? Yeah. Allow you to be with your thoughts. Allow you to disassociate from your thoughts and find that stillness, which in a sense is a reflection of the true you. Mm. So that stillness, I think, helps us connect with our compass when everything outside of us is like spinning it wild. You want to react to this? You want to react to that? Look what this guy said. React, react, react. And you just sit there and you're like, I'll respond when I'm ready. Mm. I think that's that's the power in life. In a negotiation table, to be able to sit and respond. In a game, you just made three bad plays in a row. You're going to curse. You're going to throw the towel. You're going to kick something. You're going to sit in stillness and respond. Right now, training with the national team, like I love these guys, but everyone's freaking out. Everyone's freaking out in the gym. It's just like, man, you guys got to figure this out. Like, they're great players. You know, the guys that are going are better than me. But it's just like, we're just training right now. We're training, and like the volunteer ref made a bad call, and you're freaking out. What's going to happen in the Olympics? Like, we need, we need to train it. Maybe it's too late. But that stillness is so powerful. Because the ref's going to make a bad call. The team might be taunting you. Whatever, the fans are yelling something. Something before in the morning with your wife happened. And you're in a really bad spot. 
but if you can return to that sensation of the breath and access that stillness just for one second, you're in a much better position to be your best version. Mm. Yeah, that that mentality shift has got to be one of the more important um, skill sets to have when competing in the Olympics. Yeah. You got to you got to be it's once again you got to go internal. You got to be able to control your actions, your thoughts, your words. You know, you see I even see it in like the NBA, you know, like regular season games, somebody is going off on the ref. It's like you got to slow down and realize that is not going to help the situation. Yeah. Exactly. Or you see uh Pat Beverly, you know, they lost the game or were about to lose the game and he pushed the CP3 from behind the back. Mm. It's just like, yeah, that's not stillness. Yeah. Tiger Woods had a thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think he said it was either in an interview or I forget what it was, but he always said that he would give himself 10 footsteps after a bad shot. And on, the, on that 11th step, he'd have to forget about it. So he'd give himself 10 seconds, 20 seconds to, to process, get frustrated, whatever that might be in his head about the bad shot. And on that 10th step, 11th step, he'd have to leave it behind him. And that was something that he used through his career and – as we all know, Tiger Woods for what he's been able to accomplish in his career, he, he did pretty good for himself. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I same thing. You know, I had a pretty tough day today, but whenever I'm feeling like agitated, frustrated, maybe even like resentful, I just like find a crack, I step on it, I close my eyes, and then it's like start again. Mm. So it's like, yeah, and sometimes too, it's like maybe you need to curse. It doesn't happen that much. If I curse, I curse in Polish. <laughs> it's like a cheat way for me, but I'll say like Kudrova or something and like, I'll have like a short outburst for maybe three seconds, but then it's like, all right, like make, come to the realization that this, like these negative emotional states will not benefit me going forward. All right. Mm. The past happened, agitated. I let it out, but like, let's get present again and begin again. Yeah. I know you were a big Kobe Bryant growing up, and uh, I'm curious how how can we all create the Mamba mentality within us, no matter what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I love I love what he's done. Just the commitment, the early mornings, watching, studying video. I think the Mamba is just getting clear, right? He just wanted to be the best in the world, so he got clear on who he wanted to become, and then from there. He set out to become it with his actions, right? Waking up early, two practices before his team even practiced, the meditation, the commitment to mindfulness. He knew early on what he wanted to become, and then he figured out how to do it, putting the right coaches around him, the right mentors, and holding himself accountable. Yeah. And there, I, I just think there's no secret, like, even as someone that I think is quite intentional, I could still be even more intentional. Like I know that 100% I could be more intentional. So there really isn't any excuses. I believe if you want something so bad, then you'll sacrifice the other things. Mm. You can't have both. You can't say, I really, really, really want this. But I also want to spend four hours playing Call of Duty and party on the weekends and, you know, text on Tinder for another two hours a day. It's just like, no, you have to get clear. Get clear, not only things that you want to bring into your life, but the things that you're going to have to cut in your life. 
And like you said, I think toxic people, toxic friends might be one of the first ones you have to um, figure out. Yeah. There's a great book I read called Essentialism. And it's exactly that. It's about getting clear on what do you really want to do? The the guy does it. Greg McCone, I think is the name of the author. He does, he has two diagrams. He has a circle, which is our energy. It's a hundred percent. And he has 10 little arrows pointing out from the circle. So you have 10% energy going in all different directions. But then next to it, he has one circle with one line going 100%. And the line is very extended. And it shows you what happens when you just decide on the one or the very few things that really matter. You're allowed to go far and deep with them versus if you just you know, spread your energy across 10, 15 different things, you only, you're going to have to spread your energy and your time across. And it's, to do it, to do something at a very high level, it's, it's just nearly impossible to go to that level if you're not going all in on it. Exactly. And I think it's tough in this society we're living in where everything just seems to be like it worked, you know, looking at someone's Instagram profile, say like Gary V it's like, Oh, he's like so successful. It's like, I just want to be like that now. It's like, well, it took him a really long time. Yeah. And so it's just, and this goes back to the list where it's like, all right, let's figure out the things that, I'm going to have to commit to, to get to where I want to be. And knowing that it isn't a given that will get there and it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be this thought of salvation. I've had this so many times in my life where it's like, Oh, I just signed in Brazil. That's going to be salvation because one either doesn't work and we suffer Two, it does work, but then you have to wake up the next day and then you're like, what do I do now? I just peaked. Mm. And so I think the focus has to be not necessarily, I don't really like the word, the grind, the process, just, just the process, Mm -hmm. the process, the gratitude of the process. I get to work on my dream. Yes. I get to put in the time to be the person I want to believe I can become without so much focus on the outcome because again this is something going back to stoicism we don't have complete control you don't have complete control being the best podcast in the world but you can give your best Mm -hmm. to the podcast yes you can make relationships and get great people on you can understand how uh to get great audio output and maybe outsource you know great editors whatever it may be like you can make those decisions but the outcome you don't have complete control on and we should have that focus and love the focus on the process and knowing that even if we don't get the outcome, like how beautiful was that? Yeah. All the character we grew from pursuing our dream. It's beautiful. I mean, that's, that's literally what helps me sleep at night is knowing I gave the day my best. I gave that podcast my best. I, I did everything in my control to do the podcast episode at its highest level. I tried to, you know, I did all the research I could have done or it's, 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 it comes back to what we kind of even started this conversation with. What can I control? I can control consistency. I can control and trying to get a little bit better every time I can control, you know, the ability to show up over a long period of time. But other than that, I can't stress, when I blow, if I'm ever going to blow up or, you know, why the podcast doesn't get more downloads than I think it should, or it deserves quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Once you fall in love with the, that process of just doing the work. And I think that's when you really figure out, are you doing the right thing or not? Because if, 
if you're not doing the, if you're not enjoying the day-to-day grind of it, it is going to be a long misery ride to get to whatever that destination looks like. And then you get there and you realize, oh, wow, great. I got what I wanted, but I was just miserable for 10 years trying to get here. So yeah, I think that's really key is fall in love with the process and find happiness in it because many times in both of our lives and anybody that's listened, you, uh, you imagine you get to this one destination, this one big goal, whether it's getting into the college you wanted to go to, getting that dream job, whatever it might look like. We just think that that's going to be the thing that gives us all, all the happiness in the world when it's just really a high, high that then comes right back down to a level neutral, you know, flying position. And, uh, we're back to the grind. We're back to the day to day. We're back to looking at our list and winning that day. And that's where you're going to find the happiness. And that's where you're going to find the most growth in yourself. If you can truly love the process of doing what you do. Yes. Love the process and having the foresight to like knowing that you are getting a little better each day. Yeah. It's not this huge explosive, like moonshot. It's just like, knowing when you go to bed at night, it's like, I crush it. Yeah. I don't know how many times can we do that for a week where you lay in bed and you're like, I freaking crush it. Yeah. It helps dude. It literally helps me sleep. It helps me go to sleep at night because I'm like, (laughs) I did everything in my power today to do my best of my ability. I don't know if you saw us when, when we had met, but I actually have 1% tatted on my right knuckle Uh and that exactly represents 1% progress per day. Sometimes I get wise guys or girls going, do you think you're in the top 1% with that tattoo? And I'm like, no, no, no. This is a reminder for me, strive for 1% progress per day and, and it'll stack up in time. <laughs> yeah, so it's my little daily reminder. Yeah, man, I love it. I think, uh, you know, a little I've spoken to you, gratitude is a big part of your life. And yeah. I think what, what else to build a foundation on? Gratitude is the most important thing. Because like mm-hmm. you said, with the salvation, it's like, Maybe we have the goals. A lot of Olympians, they have like this Olympic depression. It's like, yeah, because they reached the salvation. And now it's like, what do I do now? So you have this like hedonic adaptation where you adapt to the pleasures in life that you're able to achieve or acquire. Yeah. Yeah. Gratitude is the key. Also got that tat on my hand too on the same hand. (laughs) (laughs) Should have known. Should have known. Back to back, baby. Back to back. (laughs) Um, We're going to get into final cues and then we'll kind of wrap up. If, uh, if you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice at any point of your life, what would it be and when would it be? Ooh, the wet is good. Uh, I usually don't like to – I think everything's worked out for a reason, but mm-hmm. I'll play along with your game. <laughs> uh, meditate as soon as I could. Mm. As soon as I could. I mean that's something, you know, if I'm lucky enough to have children one day, you know, uh, I'm just going to lead by example, make sure they see me meditating. And once they start asking questions, yeah, let's meditate Ooh, because then it's just like you align yourself with your best version. Um, I really love this mantra where it's like, um, what does the highest version look like at this exact moment? What does my highest version look like at this exact moment? And with consciousness, we can ask ourselves that question, especially in, in times where it's easy to feel resentful, frustrated, agitated. I had a conversation with uh, a teammate today and he, I feel he was completely out of line with me. Uh, I don't know what happened today earlier in his day. I know, I would know it wasn't him. There's a lot of projection 
and I just listened to him. I didn't bark back, even though inside of me there was like, oh, like get him back somehow. Like, you know, find like a, it's like a eye for an eye, like a zinger. But it's just like, it's like at that version, at that moment, my highest version was just like, just listening to him. Like, and I think uh, the sooner I could have meditated, the more clear I could have been and avoid some mistakes. I mean, there's mistakes I've learned from, but some of the mistakes I've, I've hurt people. And mm. I think with more um, mindfulness, we don't make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I can completely agree. And if, man, if I had learned this, even just in high school, the next four years of high school and four years of college would have been completely different. Uh-huh. What, what's a, what's an area of your life you need to put more effort into? Uh, I think my relationship, it's, uh, it's tough because I just physically haven't been there for her in a sense. I couldn't because I was in Poland and then getting called back to the national team where she lives in Kentucky national team trains in California. Mm. We had a tournament in Italy, but just being present with her. And, uh, I, I've done that. And I think I might have to have some conversations soon with my agent, I don't know what's going to happen for this year, but I hope I can do both. But when push comes to shove, make her the priority. Wow. I respect that. I respect that a lot. That's not easy to do, but nobody knows better than yourself. And if that's, uh, if that's the priority, you're going to make, you're going to find a way to make that happen. Yeah. And I think it's also like in a weird, like seek discomfort way. It's like, if I had to make that decision, which I don't know if I will, but to go away from volleyball, that's like discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. Running away from something that I've done for the past almost 17 years, like full time, and then making the most money I have doing that job where I had suffered a lot of years where I was making ten dollars to $20,000 a year mm-hmm. just to give that up. But I'm in a position too where I can go all in on my business. And so I think that's also kind of like, seeking discomfort mm-hmm. oh definitely because with is. the with the relationship it's like it is like in a sense like discomfort but it's also i think my inability to commit to being the best boyfriend i can be mm. by running away to poland it's easy make money play volleyball don't let the balloon hit the floor <laughs> but by being present with her i can fully commit myself so who I want to be, because that's important to me, to being for her, being the best boyfriend, eventually the best husband I can be. Yeah. To fully commit to that, knowing that I could leave like an easy life, easy money overseas and yeah. then seeking discomfort and going all into my business. So it's going to be shaky, but you're going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like a little scary, but even more exciting. So I don't Mm -hmm. know what will happen, but I'm like a big, big fan of like surrendering kind of to like the universe or like God's will where something happens. It's like, all right, let's pivot with it. Mm. That's beautiful. That's a great, I mean, that's a great way to look at it too. What's, uh, what's the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential? Meditate, Mm. meditate journal. Um, if anyone's listening to me, in this podcast and would like to know more. Uh, I, I, I sell like a journal on my website, but I enjoy giving it away for free. Mm. But um, 
I love uh, just how intentional we can be just answering a couple questions, simple questions, like, right? So upon rising, three things I'm grateful for. Easy, mm-hmm. right? can be anything. Grateful for my health. Grateful for the roof on my head. Grateful for my family and friends and their support. And then it's like, um, what's my intention today? It's like, all right, today, you know, I'm going to, I want to crush it with you and I'm going to meet up with a friend and be a great listener. And then outside of that, it's like three things that are completely in my control, like a little stoic twist. Mm. So it's not something like, I'm going to have a great practice. I'm going to ball it up today. I'm going to crush it in the meeting. It's like, I'm going to get early to practice and get the extra reps. I'm going to do my research in the morning for at least two hours. Three, uh, I'm going to meditate uh, during the middle of the day for 30 minutes. Things that are completely in our control that we know will enable us to grow a little bit more. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the day, I won't bore you with the end, but uh, kind of going and reviewing what was difficult, what we can learn from it, how we can be different tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah. And that's just setting you up for success and growth at the same time. Yeah. And it, I mean, we just pivot the pivot, the failures, right? It's like, here's, here's where I wasn't great, where I wanted to be great. Right. And what did I learn from it? How can I improve on it? What can I do differently tomorrow? Hmm. And it's just like, twist it, go. That's great. Yeah, that's great. What, uh, What's, you know, as somebody wraps up and listening to this podcast, they're about 68 minutes in. What's a challenge you have for the listeners today? After they finish up this podcast, what's one challenge you could post for all the listeners today to do after this? Download Headspace or just, if you know how to meditate, meditate for two minutes. After two minutes, if you want to keep going, that choice is yours. Mm. I love that. Leans right back into the meditation. Maybe. Two <laughs> minutes on the clock, ladies and gentlemen. If you can go longer, then please do it. Uh, Dusty, thank you for taking the time to do this, man. I, I genuinely appreciate this. For those listening, I had some audio glitches. We we did this podcast truthfully two months ago, and I dropped the ball, <laughs> and we had to pivot. And thankfully, Dusty was willing to jump back on the mic and have a, a conversation for the second time. Um, and honestly, just yeah, just thank you for one giving me that shot again because I, I really do appreciate it. And I respect your time, but um, thank you for being an example, like. You know, I don't have a lot of athletes on the, I haven't really chatted with as many athletes as I'd love to, but I think just the way you've approached your career and even, you know, as you had said, kind of been late to the game and, you know, having a lot to catch up. I think it's been insightful to hear what you've been willing to sacrifice to get to the highest level. And along the way, just some of the self-discovery that you've had along this path, uh, it's inspiring and it's motivating. And uh, I think it just shows you, shows anybody that listened what it takes to get to where you want to be. And clearly you still have a lot going on, but uh, this has been a great conversation. And I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you. I'm truly blessed for the journey and then to reconnect with you. Um, As we spoke about in the first podcast, uh, you know, we met with Robbie, had a great conversation with you. I could tell you, you were tuned in and dialed in. And so when you reached out to me, uh, really, I was honored that uh, we would get another opportunity to to chat and dig in some uh, great themes where not only I could speak about, but I could also learn from you. So I'm yeah. uh, very grateful. Man, I, I got, I got. You know, listen, I I definitely feel fortunate and the discipline, and I think I've gotten very dialed in. But I'm telling you, you, you talking to you, man, I got some more <laughs> dials to tune in. So 
you inspire me and there's a couple of things that I, I need to take note and, and kind of make adjustments for the future. So know that, uh, the love, the love is mutual. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy this podcast, me and Dusty have a favor to ask from you. Screenshot this episode on whatever platform you are listening in on. Post it to your IG story. Tag Dusty. He is at Dusty One. That's D-U-S-T-I-N-W-A-T-T-E-N. Tag him. Tag me at Bob A. That's B-O. Three B's, four A's, and a Y. (laughs) Share out the podcast on your IG story. Let us know what the biggest takeaway was. What was the learning? And I will also have Dusty's website linked up in the show description where you can learn more about him and check out some of his resources. So please feel free to do that. Dusty Watton, thank you for being on the podcast today, my friend. Thank you. And I can't wait to hear about your Vipassana retreat. Oh, it's going to be good. We'll do a whole other podcast on that, (laughs) just on the the retreat itself and the learnings that I had from it. So don't you worry. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya.